Welcome everyone to another episode of Full Definition where we are exploring the fullness of life that Jesus talks about when he says the very reason he came was to give us, that's everyone, everywhere, a full life. And we're looking at what does that mean? What does that really look like? And how can we get that in our everyday lives? And today, we're going to pick up where we left off last time with Lucy. And Lucy is amazing, by the way. Guys, if you didn't catch the last episode, definitely check it out. We were talking about identity-based fear. You know, the fear of not being enough. Maybe not strong enough, or good enough, or fast enough, or whatever it is, just enough. And you know, what drives that fear, and how do we tackle that? So definitely check that out. And now we're going to be getting super practical. I love it when we get practical because this is really, really how we do this every day. So check this out. Can fear be useful? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah? How, um, have you ever had... Yeah, tell me, tell me when you've had, like, when fear has been useful for you. Like, we all know fear exists, but why is so, it there? So back to that child analogy, right? Mm. What do you teach your child who goes near the oven? It's hot, be careful, you know, and you do it with like that, that timbre in your voice that says like, no, no, like, listen, this is a big deal. You need to be afraid and you need to not touch it, right? That is not for you. So yes, of course, fear can be helpful. I guess for me, um, like with my knees, I really, for a long time, as a result of some of those dislocations, you know, I, I was really, it was, it was an ever present fear, actually. Mm. It was, it was. I didn't realize how pervasive it was in my life until I had the surgeries. Mm. Um, I had to have two because I have two legs. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, so I had them two years apart. Um, but but once I'd had the surgeries, it was only then that I really realized how much it had impacted my day to day. And and even other parts of my body because the you know the kind of stress and the holding and the tension and yes. that, that I had yeah. um, around holding uh, my knees together was was so chronic. But having said that, I remember when I finally got a diagnosis, which which took a while, which is why I had so many problems. Um, I was 23 and um, the surgeon said to me, you know, tell me about how many uh, accidents and dislocations you've had. And I said, I've had 10 dislocations. Whoa. And um, he was looking at the MRI and he said, given the angles here, right? So so basically the problem with my knees, uh, I have no, no need to be mysterious about it, um, is that the bones were basically the wrong shape and my kneecaps were too high, um, which means that instead of sitting in the groove and they go, your kneecaps go up and down, but they mm. don't go side to side because mm-hmm. they sit in the what's called the patellofemoral groove. Uh, my kneecaps didn't sit there, they sat above it. So they could just go sideways if they felt like it, that was fine. Um, and when your kneecaps go sideways, your whole leg like, falls apart. It's very yes. bad, don't, do not recommend. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I had surgery to move my kneecaps down, uh, which is about as weird as it sounds. Um, <laughs> Saj's eyes just went like wide. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was badass. <laughs> um, so, but he said to me, um, he couldn't believe that I'd had only 10 dislocations and Mm. that I had as little damage in my legs as I did. And one of the reasons was, you know, when people had said to me, oh, let's go play catch, let's go play frisbee, let's run around, let's do this. Even when I was walking around corners, I was careful because I was scared. And of course, I'm delighted that I've been freed from the reality of repeated dislocations. Um, But 
there is no doubt that the fear was constructive in that in that time and mm. um i think you have to distinguish between fear that comes from wisdom from your brain and fear that comes from wisdom of your body yeah. and there there sometimes there are really good reasons to think no no we're not going to walk that way we're not going to go to that place mm. that is not a good idea yeah. and and there is a sense in which you have um a responsibility to listen to sensible fears just <laughs> yeah. as your mother taught you not to touch uh, the oven yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's going to keep you safe <laughs> amazing so I, I love that so fear can keep us safe and it can also help with wisdom you know mm. there are situations when i've either either at work or something been doing been trying to do something or trying to lead something and then i've been afraid and then i, I sort of realize wait what's what's the source of this fear like Mm. Is it is it is it first of all is it healthy or unhealthy? Do I need to just like yeah. banish it and just like get rid of it because it's unhealthy, or do I need to like pay attention to it because it's telling me something? It's giving me some information, right? Mm. Um, and and what it, in this case what it was doing was saying you have not considered X Y Z, and and it was a fear that oh mm. I hadn't done and I genuinely hadn't done enough <laughs> in that situation. So I then came back and I was like oh I'm I'm glad. You know, mm. I, I thought about these things and because I, and it, and it was because I, in that moment I listened to a fear. It was like, oh, I was afraid, I was afraid of just sending this. And I was like, wait, why, why, am, why am I afraid? Like, normally I'm not afraid. And if you know, if you know yeah. me, if you know my like, No, Sarge is not afraid of picking people up in work situations <laughs> of spending them in a circle. Yeah, he's not really an afraid kind no. of a man. <laughs> so I'm just like, wait, what is this? Yeah. And then, and, and this, this can be a thing for like, just depending on how you're, I mean, just like I say, just how you've grown up or whatever. If you're if you're not normally afraid, and you suddenly start to encounter fear, mm. then it's really important to sort of like be like, "Whoa, what's what's going on?" Yeah. And I remember the first time I had stress, and this sounds bizarre. I'm saying that the first time because I'm sure there are people out there who sort of are stressed every day. Yes, so just, <laughs> there are people like that, <laughs> like uh, me for most of my life. But carry on. <laughs> it's like a happy-go-lucky teddy bear in front of me. <laughs> This one time I was stressed. Yes. So tell me, Saj, when you were stressed at work, what happened? <laughs> but I couldn't figure it out because it was so alien to me. <laughs> That's like me when I'm relaxed. I'm like, what is this like feeling? Why is it like this? I don't understand. I, yeah. I really couldn't figure it out. And, and to, to this day, I didn't actually pinpoint what was going on, what was going on. But, but what, I, what I did was shift my lifestyle in various ways. And so I prioritize my exercise. You know, you know, we talked about this before. I was saying like exercise for me is like mm. essential. It's part of just what I love to do. Yeah. And so I shifted my exercise to be like a core part of my day. Um, yeah. And then I did other things and suddenly it just began to subside. And I thought, oh, this is great. I feel better again. So I never actually figured out why. Uh, well, I've done a lot of study on this. Um, so Serge knows this. He knows that if I have a problem, I'll read a book about it. Um, she does. So, oh, I love the internet. I mean, you can find out everything. Um, so, so I went through I went through a period of um, struggling with anxiety. Mm. And um, anxiety in the medical sense, I would describe as fear stuck on the on switch, right? Yeah. So so yeah. fear is, is really useful, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's just there all the time, that, that's when you start to say that you are anxious. Yeah. Um, uh, chronically anxious mm. over time um, but one of the things that really helped me to start letting go of that because I really felt 
out of control and betrayed by my body. I had this feeling in my brain that had no logical source. Yeah. And I thought my brain was broken mm. and that I would never be fixed. And also at the same time, I felt extremely anxious. <laughs> so it was like all wrapped up in <laughs> oh this, this horrible bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the, the major breakthroughs for, for me in... Mm personally in starting to unravel that anxiety was understanding that there is a, a good biological function yeah. when it comes to fear and i describe it like this so imagine you're walking through the forest right mm-hmm. um it's just rained so it's kind of this damp around it's tuesday um and you're wearing like red shoes mm-hmm. and um there's like a kind of a, a funny smell like an unusual smell um in in the air that you you're not kind of used to mm-hmm. And then you come around the corner and there's a bear, right? <laughs> like, you should be afraid, right? Yeah, yeah. And your body is going to do a whole bunch of things, right? It's going to change the chemicals in your body to get ready to do something, yeah. right? Yeah. So like you're saying, you know, stress can improve your performances yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, we've got to run, right? Like, get ready, everybody's got to run. Yeah. Um, now, actually, you shouldn't run away from bear, fun fact. But um, <laughs> you, should, you should wait because you'll never outrun it. It'll think you're prey. Um, <laughs> But let's say in that kind of situation, mm. um, you know, you, you survive, you make it through. Mm. What would normally happen is there would be some kind of action, some kind of running that would basically burn through the the chemicals that have entered your bloodstream. So your adrenaline is actually then used up. Yeah. It is depleted. You you prepare for an action. And then when you exercise, you, you diminish the levels of it and it, it literally burns out. Or you enter a period of calm where mm. nothing bad happens for a while and your body will just generally cycle that down by itself. Mm. Now, the problem comes for us in terms of um, misplaced anxiety where you start to... Imagine you're in the woods again mm. and it's Tuesday and you're wearing red shoes. Mm-hmm. Now, neither of those things are related to the existence of a bear. It's probably more to do with that smell that you, where you smelt the bear. Than, <laughs> but your brain has created this memory, this kind mm. of um, uh, template where it's like, hey, watch out for this bad thing because it's trying to keep you safe. Your yeah. brain is really, really on your side and trying to keep you safe. Mm. But now mm. you're triggered into this state of fear by the fact it's Tuesday and you're wearing red shoes. Mm-hmm. But you don't even know that that's why it's happened, right? You, you, it's, it's too subconscious for you. And so I had gone into situations where uh, a, a number of things ha- had happened in my life that on paper were all bad. Yeah. And, you know, that's not good. We, it's never good for us to go through uh, certain experiences, yeah. um, including, you know, everything, including bereavement. I mean, it was really a rough time. Mm-hmm. But not only that, a lot of these things had a kind of resonance with other situations that had impacted me particularly when I was really young so suddenly my body quite sensibly was like whoa super high alert right this is this is a bad day everything is happening (laughs) and then the problem is uh and actually I I'd injured myself so I had been doing lots of exercise and I stopped to nothing on the instruction of my doctor um so he told me to to do no exercise and no walking so I dropped to zero exercise. Wow. Um, and then if you repeat this situation day by day, which certainly with things like bereavement, you know, it's it's not like a bear situation where then the bear isn't there. You wake up the next day, she's still dead, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I entered this period, I would say, of, you know, thinking there's a bear every day. Quite mm-hmm. logically, your body starts to then be like, well, let's be efficient about this, right? Let's just keep this switch on. Yeah. 
And then that's when you have chronic anxiety. Yeah. You are you are stuck in it. And it's you've got to realize it's not your fault, right? Mm. Your brain isn't betraying you. Yeah. Your yeah. brain is like short-circuiting slightly and, and getting a bit mixed up. It's mm. like it tried, but it just didn't help. Yeah. And you have to be kind to yourself and and think of it like like a child, I remember there's a story about my brother when he was little and my mum came into the bathroom and he was brushing his teeth. And she's mm. like, oh, he's trying to brush his teeth. That's so cute. And then he turned around and grinned at her and his whole mouth was black. And he got her <laughs> mascara, which of course has this little brush. And it was brushing his teeth with her mascara. And she's like, ah, what are you doing, child? So obviously, the, you know, that's not a good plan, but you've got to realise your brain is doing that to you when you're in this this period of anxiety it's trying to do something good <laughs> it's just like you just just made a mistake you've yeah. just gone a bit wrong and and the difficulty is when you're in the thick of that it's like wading through treacle you know mm. and it has so many other consequences particularly when it lasts for a long time yeah um now the the thing about dealing with anxiety is i think a people are different b anxiety and situations are different and c mm -hmm. you need more than one toolkit anyway yeah so so i kind of built over that experience what i think of in my head now as a toolkit because i still experience anxiety sometimes mm. but it's rare for it to last more than two or three days um, and the reason is is i have a toolkit and as soon as i see it coming i'm like oh great where are my tools <laughs> let's go get the things um but also I have a confidence in it because when it happens, I'm yeah. like, okay, this isn't going to last forever. I'm not yeah. going to feel like this forever because mm. I fought out of an unbelievably black period once before. Mm. I definitely can do that again. Yeah. Um, so it's not got the same kind of terror that it had um, right when it was, it was really bad. Mm. So um, exercise has to be in the toolkit. Yep. I mean, you know, that's definitely in my toolkit. Yeah. And one of the things I started doing when I exercise, just paying attention to my breathing. Mm. You know, I find if I don't pay attention to it, my breathing can be all over the place. But when I do pay attention and I breathe in rhythm with the exercise I'm doing, then I find the exercise is really, really much more enjoyable, right? Mm. And then while I'm stretching, I, I always find that if I breathe out into a stretch, sort of my body sort of relaxes into it. Mm. And it's also something that many people do, and I do as well, sort of breathing in and out deeply, repeatedly. It just helps you calm down whenever you're anxious. And um, one of the reasons for that is you have two nervous systems. You have your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. And one is fight, flight, and one is rest, digest. And they, you can't have them both at the same time. It's either or. And so when you're in that anxious state, you basically get stuck in fight, fight or flight. Mm. Um, when you, interestingly, when you breathe in, you stimulate the fight or flight. And when you breathe out, you stimulate the rest and digest yeah. in in that quite a subtle way but it means really dumb things like breathing in for four and out for seven you're now tipping the dial just a little bit closer towards that everything yes. calm down thing yeah. um which is a perfect thing to do like you know before that big meeting where you have to yeah. <laughs> explain yeah. something yeah. that you're a little bit scared of and you feel your heart's going and and you're like cool uh, body you're trying to help but mm. it's not a bear <laughs> it's, uh, it's a different situation so we're gonna just you know calm this one down yeah. um one of the most fascinating studies i found was on the efficacy of bergamot oil and it, this was actually comparing 
exposure of um so bergamot oil is like a essential oil a, mm. aromatherapy um, practice and you can put it in a diffuser um with water and you turn the diffuser on um and it makes the air smell and uh, you breathe it in <laughs> and it ent- it enters your bloodstream pretty quickly because it goes through the lungs mm. um and the study compared um a control group a group on um, a very common antidepressant anxiety is tricky because you don't like antidepressants aren't quite the right treatment so they what they prescribe is really low levels of antidepressant yeah. which are, can be hugely helpful and i actually think for some people that is absolutely the right choice mm. um but the, they were comparing the the control group an antidepressant group um or what i'll call conventional medical treatment and bergamot oil mm. and you had to do daily exposure between 15 minutes and an hour and uh the control group did not recover the antidepressant group got better the bergamot group got as better in the same amount as the antidepressants uh, group but they had none of the side effects that were mm. caused by it yeah. um i'm unfortunately extremely sensitive to drugs of many kinds mm-hmm. uh, quite humorously so um and uh i was um i have a an allergy which meant i actually couldn't take what my doctor was prescribing me in terms of antidepressants so it was mm. really it, it was taken out of my hands which is why i started researching these kind of studies yeah. um and uh, and when i read this study about bergamot oil i was like well why aren't we all doing that this is so much easier um than you know this the, this drug that unfortunately i was allergic to yeah. so bergamot oil is a is hugely helpful um Nutrition makes a really yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna be like, I know, you, I know you like your food, but, but for good reason. But, yeah, you know, food is definitely in my toolkit. I, I, I was, I was, I was hoping you would bring that up. Go on, tell us. <laughs> you just want me to talk about food now? Don't you? Is that what you want? So I just like his eyes have gone. <laughs> it's food. I mean, it, it just because of the difference it makes for me when mm-hmm. I mean, so just in the last sort of four ish years, basically of like meeting my connect group. Mm. um maybe four or five years my i've changed my habits on food yeah um not dramatically it's been slowly over time but the shift is definitely visible and the difference that makes for me even 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 sort of like in recent times like one of the things i was saying that i changed when i got mm-hmm. stress as well is making sure that i ate balanced so i yeah. just increased my vegetables i had a salad for lunch i was cooking what i eat i have a decision to cook what i eat mm. Um, and not to just buy fast fast food or any of this sort of like stuff that's just like it's not food. I don't know what it's not is, food. I don't know. I don't know what is like <laughs> it's been pretend. put into it, put yeah. into it, right? And so I began to cut out all these things. I mean, like one funny thing was a lot of my old friends uh, from uni know me for um, this sort of packaged rice that you can just put in the microwave. <laughs> oh no! I know it's gone now. It's gone now. But I, you know that, that was one of the things I I I, I over over time I just cut out because I was just like yeah. actually. It's so bizarre. What kind of what do you do to rice that you can put it on a on a shelf um, for six months and it doesn't yeah. <laughs> nothing and it's still edible? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Tinning, tinning food, like putting t- food in a can, is you know, actually fine. Yeah, it's just different. See, Sarge knows that I don't even really know what this stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> just don't just, yeah. Well, if you want to, okay, if you want a book recommendation, <laughs> um, Michael Pollan's in defense of food mm. and if you're feeling super lazy michael pollan's done uh, one or two um netflix um documentaries as well uh, generally about the area of food yeah, but he <laughs> he talks about in this it's really lovely it's a really nice book it's it's really short and he basically sums up this the end of this whole book um he says eat food mm. mainly plants not too much and that's it yeah but wow. yeah, you yeah, unpack yeah, yeah. it right eat food what is food 
I mean, anything that involves a laboratory is not food. Anything, <laughs> and it's a really interesting test, right? If you look at an item and you think, okay, imagine, you know, um, you go back 300 years, you you land on a rock and you have a, a farm and an island and like good soil. Yeah. Could you figure out how to make this thing? If you can figure out how to make it, mm. sure, go ahead and, and go for it. Yeah. But if you're like, I cannot conceive how I would make this item of food, mm-hmm. Then don't eat it. So that includes, you know, like olive oil, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You'd sort of be like, well, I'd have to grow the olives and then I'd have to squish the olives. Mm. Like, okay, I can figure that out so I can eat that. That's food. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of these like spray locale things, right? Some of this oil, <laughs> you look at it and it's like, I don't know how to make that. What did, what are these things yeah, that yeah, are yeah, listed yeah. on the back? <laughs> it's not food. So eat food, right. mainly plants, right? Get your veggies in. <laughs> not too much <laughs> simple portion control as well is one of the things that can actually influence the balance that you have in your in your body um, mm. just like your internal balance and i know it's talking about we're, talking about, we're digressing a little bit talking about fears but this is part of the toolkit because mm. sometimes when you eat a huge amount your body is diverting yeah like, a huge amount of energy to to deal with that mm. and suddenly things that would not things that your body would be able to deal with easily is diminished because it's like your body has this efficient way of balancing the the mm. um you know functions that it's all doing but when when it, when it needs to focus on one particular thing it does so like like you were saying when the yeah. bear situation comes it says like oh we need to focus on being ready to take action so it's like boom adrenaline like get ready yeah, and yeah. so it's doing that thing and what's happening is like your senses are heightened everything yeah. is like you know you're, you're and you are not digesting <laughs> you're not digesting you're taking functions and power away from other systems yeah. in order to be ready for something but if you've then overloaded your digestive system and it's like and then suddenly you get hit by a fear you're less able it's subtle mm. but you're less able to deal with yeah that thing when how so- many arguments have happened when you're hangry right? <laughs> that's, that's like the overlap i mean i mean hold on hold on we can't talk about our physical diet without talking about our mental diet right yeah because this is so so important what we feed our minds mm. a friend of mine told me a story about her friend who is now paranoid about living alone because She's been watching a TV series about a serial killer who targets people who live alone. And I'm thinking, well, obviously you're going to get paranoid because you've been feeding your mind that fear of a particular scenario that applies to you. Mm. And then when you come back into reality, that fear manifests in your own life. I mean, our minds are like our bodies. We have to be selective what we feed our minds. We don't just give our bodies junk food and expect it to you know, be able to run a marathon, mm. right? You have to give it proper nutrition in the same way, guard your mind, feed your mind the right things. All right, okay, let's move on. So I'm so, going to go I'm gonna go faster with my toolkit because I've, right. I've got like five or six more things. Oh, so them, all the rest of them faster. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, sleep, mm. not too little, but also not too much, mm-hmm. right? You know, and all this lazing about in, in the morning <laughs> on the weekends. Actually, I, I notice a difference for me. Um, mm. And so I would say, you know, just read read books um interestingly a new one for me so um i bought some uh fancy noise cancelling headphones yeah and i cannot believe how much my stress has gone down Mm. um because the commute noise on the tube is no it's not cancelled but it's 
substantially reduced yeah. and actually that kind of assault of noise mm. so i would say to people look at your environment you know how much background noise have you got continuously is it music that you're enjoying listening to or is it like tv noise in the back yeah. um and really thinking about the amount of time that you spend and the the noise that you're experiencing because you you won't notice it but that builds up a level of stress a level mm. of of fear that that is kind of endemic in your body um I also found uh, massage is really helpful. Uh, you know, your your response to anxiety is to tense muscles uh, yeah. because you're ready to run. <laughs> so it was, again, sensible. But they need persuading that maybe they could be a little bit more relaxed. And that can be super <laughs> helpful if you're, if you're able to, to do that. Um, a really strange one, especially if you're home alone and you just think, oh, I'm just, like, you, you feel it gripping you. Mm. Um, change the air. That sounds really weird open a window or light a candle or both. Um, and it's, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like the director says, new scene and clicks the little boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably know what that's called, yeah. right? But, but just imagine that kind of like switch, new scene. And it gives your brain this moment to be like, oh, are we, are we in this or are we doing something else? And it is, <laughs> it's such a weird, simple thing. But, but I find like taking that moment to just light the candle, especially since it's things that I like, mm. you know, and to actually smile and be like, Oh, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm doing this thing. Um, there's loads about mindfulness and CBT. You know, people can read all about that. Yeah. Um, one thing you might not have heard of is craniosacral therapy. Um, which um, so the you basically have a Lucy fluid reads, around. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all just this. my non-work reading as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was really suffering. I was really suffering, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I this was a selfish reading list. You know, this was like. <laughs> I, I needed help. But here, here it is becoming ultra useful. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's so, never... um, anyway, so you have, you have um, fluid around you, uh, the Wait, edge of your brain. Remind me what it's called. Craniosacral therapy. Okay, go on. So you have um, fluid around the outside of your brain. Yeah. Um, and then it flows down mainly the spinal cord and, mm -hmm. and through your body. And it's it's weird. It's like a tide. It goes out for, for a few seconds and then it turns around and comes back slightly. So there's this sort of pulse. And it sounds super crazy, but it like they can measure it. Um, but craniosacral therapy just looks at um, basically uh, understanding and directing that and giving it space. It's kind of like, um, you know, you can have like lymph node mm -hmm. um, massage and that kind of thing. It's the same kind of idea, except it's looking at a different uh, system within your body. And what I found was that you can hold trauma in your body, right? People talk about that. And yeah. sometimes it's in the muscle, mm -hmm. but it can also be in this kind of uh, fluid system. Wow. So as weird as it, sound, I uh, as it sounds, I found craniosacral therapy was really helpful in processing trauma. And interestingly, it was the thing that got me walking again after my first knee surgery. So I'd had 18 months of physio and I still had a slight limp and I was mm. just despairing. And it was a combination of, I had three sessions of combined massage and cranio. And uh, and then I could walk again. Wow! Okay. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's it's helpful. It's helpful for the, for certain people. Woo! All right, I will go read. <laughs> I didn't just read up on that. That sounds that sounds unbelievable. I didn't yeah. even know that. I knew we had fluid in our brains, but like I didn't even know that it moved. Yeah, it moves. And actually, my sister when she was born, um, she screamed um, nonstop. Um, she, I mean, we, she was having like even when she was asleep it's traumatic even thinking about it um even when she was asleep um mm. you would hear her go <laughs> and and when i say that she she cried i mean she screamed right she absolutely screamed like you know she was being killed 
and uh, the doctor was like oh babies cry and this was my mum's third child she's like no there's something really wrong with this child yeah. and I remember you know we we all cried so much um, I was eight when she was born so I remember it pretty well and um, she was about four months old and we went to a craniosacral therapist and she when you're born the plates in your head um, overlap slightly mm-hmm. um, and then over the first few months of your life they'll kind of slowly move back out and my sister had, when she was born, got a nerve from her brain trapped between Whoa. two of these plates, right? Wow. And you know when you yawn mm-hmm. or you scream, mm-hmm. you can kind of feel like your head move a little bit? Yeah. So that um, basically releases the plates slightly when you do that. You lift your soft palate. So she was screaming and it would move the, the plates slightly mm-hmm. in her head and it would relieve the pressure on this nerve. So then she was, in not, uh, she was not in pain. So her experience of life was... If I scream, then it won't hurt. Mm. So she was literally screaming. And uh, they went every day. There was, I think it was because she was a baby. They did 15 minutes. They went every day for three days. And this woman just basically... My mum said it looked like nothing. She just held her head. And she's like, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But she's basically like feeling all of the movement and yeah. just redirecting it ever so slightly and like wow. releasing it out. And, wow. and it, the crying stopped. Amazing. And all all of us were like, (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) it's just so amazing how what you can do when you understand more about your body. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 body is so fascinating, Um, but it's just what 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 woo. All right, guys. So I'm 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 gonna try and like get a creative massage. See what that does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh. (laughs) What are you gonna do? What are you gonna ask? I know. I know. I know. But like, let's, let's, let's see. The other thing is, um, overcoming, overcoming fears. Cause we, we've mm-hmm. talked about all the fears and, and, and the toolkit now, but there are some fears that you can actually overcome. Like, I think you've, you've done, you've done that, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like, you said, well, I've, I've done this when I was in a very dark place. I've overcome yeah. this. I, I, and, and you know, that, that's one yeah. of the things that I feel like if, if someone's listening and going through anxiety or depression and you're feeling or thinking to yourself that you're weak you are not i'm stronger as a result of going through mental health challenges i am absolutely adamant on that yeah um you are resilient you're strong and you can break through doesn't mean it's fun and it does not not mean it's easy yeah right yeah i mean the the suffering there that that people go through um, for long periods of time yeah. is not to be underestimated. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But it, it can be fixed. And actually, that's why my toolkit is huge, right? That's why the list is massive. <laughs> because it's really hard, yeah. right? Yeah. And and a lot of those those things in the toolkit, to be clear, it's it's trying to deal with the, the impact on the body mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. give your brain a fighting chance of getting out of it, mm, right? So it, yeah. it's like yeah. you don't it's not going to fix it by itself, right? You've <laughs> yeah. still got to unpack whatever pattern of behavior, mm-hmm. whatever shortcut you're making in your brain mm-hmm. and figure out why why you were anxious, why were you fearful, what are you really afraid of? Yeah. But you need the toolkit first to give yourself, you know, <laughs> the, the, the ability to, to even think about. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, remember yeah. thinking, you know, like if I could have just had like a day off from my anxiety like a day when I felt normal Mm. to go and then you know do talking therapy (laughs) I'd have got better so much faster because I'd have had like an a a good day when I could focus on fighting the battle but it's like 
you know, you're, you you're having to fight when your body's injured and, and broken. So, so the toolkit is about giving you that background healing first. Mm. And, and that's where actually I see antidepressants um, uh, being part of that, right? Sometimes you, you don't want to go into battle to deal with the fear yeah. when you, you're down, you know, you're broken. <laughs> and, and things like antidepressants can get you to the point when now you are ready to start the battle. Mm. It will not solve the problem for you. Yeah. It might delay it but you'll be dealing with it again a mm. number of years later. So um, this is where I think you have to talk about multimodal approaches to, to things. Guys, didn't I say it? Didn't I say it? Lucy is amazing. I mean, my toolbox is feeling fully kitted out right now. I'm feeling so ready to take on whatever comes my way. And I hope you are too. I hope you're feeling encouraged and strengthened, ready to take on whatever whatever fears you face in your life. And before we go, before we round up, I just have a sense that there's someone who's listening who needs to hear this word. Jesus said in John 8 that if he sets anyone free, they are free indeed. And I just have that sense that there's someone who's listening that knows freedom but only in word and not in deed. So what I mean is that, yes, you're free and you confess it. And you, anybody who asks, you say, yeah, I'm free. I, I, you, you profess it. You say it everywhere. But in the reality of your life and in your own living experience, you know that that's not the case. Indeed. That freedom indeed can be found in Jesus. I mean, that's that's why he's here. The life abundant that we want to explore and enjoy is the whole reason he came. And bringing freedom is right at the center of that. It's just great. So if you're listening and you're, you want to know that freedom indeed, and even if you've never, ever done it before, you can simply just pray. Pray is just speaking. Just talk to Jesus he hears you and just ask him, all right, so I've heard about this freedom that you give and I want to see if it's the real deal. So I want to try it out and you would be amazed what will happen. And just to wrap this one up, guys, I hope whatever fears you're facing, whatever causes you to feel anxious, afraid, stressed, whatever it may be, I just hope that you're feeling better equipped to help yourself and those around you get into a better space in which you can begin to face these fears and unpack them and find out what's really going on. Remember to guard your heart, guard your mind. Don't let only bad news saturate your minds because what we feed our minds is what we act out of. So until next time, I pray that each person listening experiences a bit more of the fuller life in some small or large way. In Jesus' name, amen.